I went to Israel, China, America. I was trying to discover what was the common secret behind all of these fantastic companies like Airbnb, Uber, Amazon, Netflix. The secret is they all a business platform. They built their business in a way that the business is a platform. Welcome to The J-Curve, a podcast about tech ecosystem builders in Latin America with me, Olga Maslikova. My goal with The J-Curve is to make the stories of LATAM founders and funders accessible for global community. Every other week, I interview spectacular entrepreneurs and investors who share their most valuable lessons of building, growing, and funding some of the most successful tech companies in Latin America. For our first in-person episode ever released, I'm thrilled to welcome José Renato Hopf, serial entrepreneur, the founder of GetNet, which became one of the largest payment companies in Latin America and was acquired by Santander in 2014 for just south of $500 million. José Renato is also a founder of Venture Builder for All and co-founder and president at South Summit Brazil, the leading tech summit in the south of Brazil that dragged over 22,000 attendees, 900 speakers, and over 3,000 startups just this year. We hope to make in-person recordings our new normal, so please do check out our new YouTube channel. I'll add the links to the show notes. And send me your feedback via direct message on Instagram at Olga Maslikov with KH. Now off to the show. José Renato, it's a pleasure to have you as my guest. Welcome to the J-Curve. Thank you, Olga. It's a pleasure to be here. It's actually really incredible to be here a few days after the South Summit, so we can touch on the multiple aspects of your personality. <laughs> but first, I'd like to start with your personal story with a little bit on you and talk about GetNet, the company that you've started in 2003, way before VC became an avant-garde asset class and tech entrepreneurship became fashionable in the region. So talk to me a little bit about the foundational story of mm -hmm. GetNet. Before GetNet, I was working at Banrisul, a bank in South Brazil, and there I'm I would like to start my own company. I have a dream to create a network to face a hedge card in VisaNet. Brazil in 2003, we had a duopoly. So if you're a merchant, you'd like to acquire or accept Visa or MasterCard, you have to choose one or other. It was a closed market. The other countries, big ones, they had that time an open market. So it was not something to happen or not. It's when. And the, I would like to be the one that could open this market. So um, I talked with two family offices. They were running a specific card business, more like expensive management business, benefits, this kind of cards, like Brex. And they had a problem because they had the cards, but they didn't have a network to accept cards. So they have to build their own network. It was hard at that time. And uh, they talked to me if you could help with some tips. No, no, I could help create a network with you guys. And I talked with the one family and then talked to the other family. And the guy was, um, it was a little bit crazy because <laughs> I went to his uh, farm uh, in Uruguay, explaining everything to him. Uh, what is the idea and how we could face the hedge carnivs and etch and uh, it will take him around uh, five to 10 years, not more than that, to open the Brazilian market. 
And before that, um, there are a lot of options to create a network. I did only one pitch. <laughs> and and, and, so and it's you were okay. sold. It's okay. And the guy said, okay, fantastic. Let's start. I was like, wow, <laughs> come on. That's it. And uh, with eight people, we started GetNet in 2003. It was a fantastic period and uh, a lot of learning from startup to a big company. Besides the um, credit card market, we changed the um, recharge of top-ups because recharging top-ups in Brazil, you have to buy a physical car and scratch in 2003. So I bought 2,000 cards, scratched them, and put their numbers in a POS. And I went to the telecom companies and said, well, let's do it electronically. And I started recharge of top-up in Brazil electronic. I managed 40% of the whole top-ups market in Brazil in two, three years. It allowed me to create the network to talk with other banks to open Brazilian market. That's a pretty spectacular story. And right now, GetNet is the third largest card processor in Latin Latin America America that belongs to Bank Santander. But you mentioned that the journey in the beginning was really hard. You mentioned learnings as well. What are the key learnings that you've transferred to mm-hmm. for all and any other ventures that you've been involved since good, then? Good point. Many people say that it's, it's important to have a fantastic idea. It's not just an idea. You have a fantastic plan where you try to anticipate a lot of things. The other point is it's important to have a group of founders, not just one founder. And the other point is specifically when you are starting a business, you have to choose investors that trust in the entrepreneurs and in the idea because problems will show up. <laughs> so these three pillars, good plan, a group of entrepreneurs, the investor that trust. You mentioned to me before that a lot of the projects that you can handle is happening because you have great team <laughs> and you have partners around you. So what's your approach towards building partnerships? Um, today in America, it's common to say grit. It's important to have people especially when you are starting a, a company with um, a huge capability of uh, resilience, a more important attitude, soft skills than hard skills. I get net and my companies now, I always uh, interviewed the candidate and ask questions to understand how his or her mindset works. What are your favorite interview questions to test um, on the soft skills? When I talk about a, a specific uh, company, it's uh, how you feel about it. But what do you think? What do you feel about it? What's your dream? How could you help this company to achieve the success? Of course, for certain types of positions, it's necessary to have hard skills. But the more important thing for leadership is soft skills. To manage the situations, to face problems, to work hard. I never see any company that um, got success without a lot of work. How do you scale the processing company in mm. Brazil in 2000s when you don't have venture capital available? A bit of luck. <laughs> I found two family offices that like the business and have enough money to support the growth. Let me ask you a soft skill question. How did you feel mm. about exiting GetNet through selling it uh, to Santander? <laughs> How did you feel about it? It's a good question. <laughs> it's a mix of many feelings. <laughs> it's- Wow, fantastic. But mm, when they bought GetNet, uh, we were growing really fast uh, in Latin America. And one of the reasons they bought it was that because Don Emilio passed away and uh, Ana Bochin had um, a different approach to partnerships in the world. She did a fantastic job in Great Britain. 
joining a lot of companies and buying some companies to create more value. Strategy is not something that is wrong or right. It's something that you don't have to change frequently. Because if you're changing many times, something is wrong <laughs> with your idea. And it's not a strategy. <laughs> it's not a strategy. But um, the point is, we are doing a fantastic job and partnership with Santander. And we are running a, a good business and a big business that time. We had, um, I think, more than 80, 83% of the market share. We are trying to achieve the 10% of the market share at that time. And they saw that it could be a good opportunity to have a huge company for all the person in the world. And uh, GetNet became the brand and the company to run the acquiring business uh, all over in the world now in, in Santander. So I think even in Spain now, it's, it's GetNet too. In Mexico, uh, Argentina, Chile, Brazil. And after that, I started um, the preparation to create for all. The, we'll the talk company. about that. No. You know, I trying to imagine a person who created the company and then watched the company went all the way along the J curve, but no longer being part of the journey is like a really bittersweet feeling. When I interview leaders, I like to say that enjoy your journey. If you really like the business that you are running, the connections that you have with the company and the business is so strong, you enjoy the journey, enjoy the problems, you enjoy everything. So, of course, you have to sell your company in, in the correct time, but uh, you have to enjoy the journey. Moving on to For All. You mentioned that you've stayed with GetNet for like half a year. Uh-huh. So that means that you essentially started for all like six months after you stopped yes. being involved. Yeah. When we start talking about to sell uh, GetNet to Santander, there were a lot of um, initiatives that we were managing at GetNet that time, especially talking about the digital area. And um, I was thinking of that I would like to go deep in digital transformation. I went to um, Israel, China, um, America. I was trying to discover what was the common secret behind all of these fantastic companies like Airbnb, Uber, Amazon, Netflix. So people you say that time like, ah, the guy uh, was not able to take a cab and uh, wow, it's an opportunity to create another kind of business. I was not able to access a hotel, so I create Airbnb. It's not this thing. The secret is they all are business platform. They built their business in a way that the business is a platform. It's not just a technical thing. It's the idea. So marketplace idea, Uber, Airbnb, Amazon, marketplace, and data-driven. I realized that almost all of them, they create their business in a logical of a business platform, but uh, they didn't have any company to support them in this challenge. Because the big companies, technical companies, fantastic job, like Oracle, IBM, Salesforce, uh, Microsoft, but they are not creating platforms for this kind of business. So everyone of uh, this business, they had to create their own technical platform. So what I thought, well, if I create a platform, it will be for all. That's why the name is for all. <laughs> so I create a platform to support a, a platform business. It will be something that is fantastic for all kinds of business. Did you think about tech startups preliminary or you just thought like holistically about holistic, businesses? Holistic, to support uh, the digital transformation. When I put for all on the field and start the operation, 
the digital problem in Brazil was not so strong. It was to, not a problem. It was not a problem at that time in 2017. <laughs> we started talking with big companies like um, Ambev, the brewery, or Cousin, the, the gas company, or Bank Itaú, and they had a huge difficulty to be competitive in the digital market. So, and uh, we help these big companies with platform and creating platform for them. Isn't that crazy how quickly Brazil and in general the world went from digitization is not an issue to every single company is a tech company, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That happened in the matter of less than a decade. Mm -hmm. And when you think about for all today, what is it today? How did it evolve since 2015? And what are some of the companies that are part of For All that you are personally the most excited about? Well, one thing is um, what we did with Santander, this partnership, when we bring a startup mindset and uh, technical capability together with a company like Santander that has a strong channel to distribute the products. That's the secret behind the success of GetNet operation when we open Brazilian market. And I thought, wow, why don't we do the same in the digital market. So we started creating JVs with leaders in the real economy, facing problems or they would like to have a capability to compete in the digital market. We start a company entertainment with Opus, was that time the second largest show business producer, now probably is the biggest in Brazil. And uh, we start a company that now is the second leader in the ticketing marketing and the digital marketing for entertainment. It's called Uhu. We start a company for food service together with nine groups. We start a company in, in the sports together from one channel. It's a global, it's a huge channel here. We start one locals. I love your approach towards innovating together with the big partner that has capabilities that majority of startups don't have, like mm. distribution, good understanding of the customer base, good understanding of the business model and Probably the time to revenue is really relatively fast. Yeah. yeah, yes. I like to have associates. I have to have partners. When you have a lot of people working together, it's much better than when you do by yourself alone. At the same time, it's contrary to the Silicon Valley approach, yes. which is go fast, break things, be a rebel. But I think in the environment as we are in today, and especially in emerging yeah. markets where you live through crises every single year, pretty much one type of uh -huh. crisis or the other. It's just not sustainable business model to go uh -huh. fast and break things. You have to build partnership network to be able to consistently innovate and leverage the partnership channels. I don't, I don't like cash burn. I don't like at all. I think <laughs> nobody it's, likes it, right? No, now. <laughs> it's in Silicon Valley. Sometimes it was if you are not uh, spending a lot of money, it seems that you are not growing. And, you don't dream uh, big. You can dream big, but uh, together with others, that's the idea. I believe that we are doing a good job because our companies are growing fast, but it's not something that uh, we have to put a lot of money to the, this growth. Yeah, I think especially, especially like digital and native companies, they still need to transition to a hybrid business model because no matter how fast e-com and digital channels grow, the traditional brick and mortar way of doing business, it's still the majority of any sort of transaction. And if you don't enter it, you're losing 
you're essentially, you're flattening your growth way before you exhaust your potential, right? Experience. That's the secret, experience. I'm sure that in 50 years, people are still expecting a good experience. A physical experience with a digital support. That's the thing that I believe that is more sustainable in time. And when you think about industries, take Latin America, take Brazil, what are the industries that are ready to be disrupted well, where the current tech trends could have like the mm -hmm. real impact? Um, well, health tech is fantastic. Ask everybody, would you like to live better and longer? Of course, yes. And uh, there are a lot of um, fantastic initiatives in Brazil. There are a lot of health techs. Brazil is a good place for health. We have a huge industry in the physical world, really good. Comparing to America, it's in almost in the same level. Acre business in another market in Brazil, that's crazy. What we are doing here, it's incredible. Uh, like Especially to, here in the South, right? Yes, yes. The, the industry South is and big. The, in the South and the, like in Mato Grosso, these states in the uh, center west. We have a lot of um, good companies there. We have a huge market for many kinds of sectors. But for me, it's health tech and agrotech. What do you think the role of Porto Alegre and Rio Grande do Sul will be in the ecosystem, tech ecosystem, or tech-enabled ecosystem growth mm -hmm. in Brazil? Because right now, there is Sao Paulo hub slash bubble. There are some companies in Rio. But how do you feel about Porto Alegre future? You were able to see what was happening yeah, here. Yeah, we're going to touch on South Summit, and it's, it's crazy, it's, mind blowing. It's crazy. What we have here is a huge, huge connections between government, institutions, academy, universities. And, um, and you have the third best university in uh, we Brazil. Have three, here. Three. We have the, it's considered the, the best public university. And the second and the third private uh, university in Brazil. So good universities, a huge entrepreneurship mindset. I, I don't know if it's because um, German, Italian uh, descendants that we have a lot of companies here. And uh, thinking about startups, we have a lot of startups. We have the best number of startups per capita in Brazil. Sao Paulo has, has more startups, but... Uh, in absolute we, numbers. In absolute numbers, but per capita, we have more here. We created alliance some years ago, our state uh, Rio Grande do Sul alliances for innovation. We started Pacto Alegre, it was a pact that joined all these three pillars to work together to have a, a better place to invest here. We started the idea to bring a specific global event that acts like a catalyst to bring funds, funding and a global connection. We talk with SoftBuy, Web Summit, Mobile Conference, South Summit, and Tel Aviv, Berlin. When we talk with Maria, the founder of South yeah. Summit in Spain, and uh, she founded uh, South Summit in 2011, 2012, uh, I think 2012, in the middle of the crisis that Spain was facing that time, 40% of younger people uh, were unemployed. And uh, she said, well, I would like to bring innovation to help the kids to change the situation that we are facing here in Spain. She talked with royal family, entrepreneurs, big companies, academy, everything, and joined to create South Summit. And uh, when I talked about the idea that we had, she said, what? It's my pitch. <laughs> when I started, we started a um, partnership with South Summit in the end of 2021. 
we did it in a hundred days, the first edition. It was really, really crazy because our idea at that time to have like a four, 5,000 attendees and we had 20,000 attendees that time. We had in the startup competition, startups from 86 countries. So it's a lot. And it was 900 speakers and it was 22,000 of attendees. attendees and over 3K startups in the second year. So just to put things in a perspective, I wonder if you can break down the organization of the summit. Like what does it take to host the event of that scale here in Porto Alegre? We work together with the state government and the county. Both are helping in many ways. We are in a um, historical place. So we have a lot of things that we are not able to do because it's a historical place. But uh, we got a lot of uh, support from the state government and, and um, the county, the mayor, you saw, uh, and governor. But um, we've been working together with many, many, many entrepreneurs uh, here. So how many people were involved in organization? Wow. Working directly? Uh, more than uh, 2,500. It's, it's huge. 2,500 people working together. It's a lot. But of course, to manage, uh, it's around uh, 50 people, people that knows how to manage this level of uh, event. Can you talk about numbers in terms of the budget, in terms of the range? Like um, how much does it uh, cost? As it's, it's, it's a, a partnership with the government, uh, so we have some restrictions. But uh, you talk about event that costs us. Millions. But it's an investment, right? Investment, investment. It's an investment. It's, investment. For the it's, a, it's a big Every single coin that we got, <laughs> we put to create a better event in the next year, the next year. This event is here almost 40, 50% bigger than the last year. So probably next year, <laughs> it will be another Not bigger, of course, 50% bigger. Bigger, bigger, bigger. <laughs> bigger, bigger. <laughs> I mean, that's a huge pressure on the infrastructure of the yes, city, though. Yes, yes. But, um, it's good because it creates this connection and the self-esteem. This thing that we are creating here is not just for the city, not for the state, but for Brazil, Latin America as well. And it's different comparing to big events in the world because our secret, uh, we say in Spanish, secreto, everybody can access everybody to change ideas, to connect to people, to connect companies, startups, funds, which was like that in Madrid, but we put some spicy, Brazilian spicy, to create more connection with the city, to create like a, a bit of a festival that we can see in South by, a bit of content that we can see in Web Summit. But what we are different, we are different to these connections. South Summit is that. It's a platform that created capability to connect everybody to everybody. So we see billionaires walking in the middle of everybody. You mentioned the word platform that connected all of your multiple activities into one umbrella vision that mm. you create the platform for building, you know, software together with corporates. You're building a platform to encourage collaboration for the sake of the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Latin America. I want to touch on one more topic before we move to the rapid fire. You mentioned many times how important it was for South Summit and for you to work with the government and that you have this pyramid in terms of private sector, mm -hmm. academia, and the government. So what is the secret of high-performing private-government partnership if you explore it based on your model for South Summit? We have here a star alignment um, 
the government of the state and the mayor, they have a really open mind. They are worried about to have a better place to live. For us, the innovation must create social transformation. That's why the governments, and they understand the importance to increase innovation, to create more opportunities, because imagine, they have to invest in the event. But the impact that we are getting here is crazy. Tourism, restaurants, fully booked. I'm part of a group called Transforming Yes, is a state transformation. We are individuals from innovation, tourism, agro business, and uh, we work together to help the state and the country. When I sold GetNet, I realized that I would like to do here in Porto Alegre, in Brazil, in Latin America. It's not necessary to go to Israel, to Europe, or China, or America to create fantastic innovations. I would like to help change my society. And I work together with a lot of, it's not just me, how to do good partnerships. Not being the owner. I'm not the owner at all. Of course, I work a lot. I know my responsibilities, but it's a construction with good people working together. That's the secret. Work together. And, yeah, it uh, all goes back to people who are motivated and who are driven by the same same pro goal, purpose, same goal, same purple, purpose, vision, vision, and dream. Uh, yeah, and who work as a team very yes, well. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to move to the rapid fire. I'm going to ask you five short questions uh -huh. and I'll appreciate your immediate responses. Let's dive right in. <laughs> the first question is, what's one book or piece of content every founder should read and why? Wow. Um, as you said, a platform. A platform Revolution is a good book. Hansharan. Uh, People think only startups don't think that you have to create a good company, the process, how to organize your company to support the growth. So Hansharan. Is something that you have to have in your library. I like to read about um, people like uh, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett, this kind of book that talk about their lives. I like that. Because it gives so much inspiration. Same huh? inspiration. If you were to give a public talk, but you could not talk about tech, VC, or anything business related, what would you talk about? Ah, life. Life, experience in tourism. I like to travel. What's your favorite place to travel so far? Wow. I've been in 27 countries. That's 27 a lot countries. of countries. <laughs> I love traveling. Uh, last year I went to Sardinia. Oh, fantastic place. Fantastic. Beautiful. My wife and I, we, we love, from, I think from 15 years, every year we choose one specific new place to go together. You have to work hard, but play hard. It's a common What's expression. What's your favorite? But, part of traveling? Is it like cultural discovery, history? Both. I prefer food. landscape and okay. culture things. I don't like big cities. When was the last time you changed your mind about something important? Wow. I think you have to be open to evolve as a person, to have empathy, understand what your responsibility in the world. Life is a huge opportunity. You have to enjoy this opportunity. So changing the mind is more of an iterative and essential process, right? Yes, it's yes. like everyday process. Yes, I'm actually really surprised that you didn't mention the growth mindset book by Professor Dweck from Stanford, because she talks about all this, like, how do you stay open-minded? Mm -hmm. How do you build 
the confidence in getting to know things. How do you maintain that always be learning mindset? That was my Bible back in Stanford. So you absolutely should read that one. So fantastic. Thank you. When you think about leadership, who's the first person that comes to mind? Wow. (laughs) Um, There's only one more question. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a problem for me because uh, I like many, many people. Many, many, many. I can't. If you were as no. isolate one, just pick one. Wow. I think Warren Buffett could be. Warren Buffett could be a guy. Why? Because uh, he's simple, still simple uh, until now. He has a lot of money, the same house. I think it, these attitudes tells a, a lot of things. It's incredible because. Um, when you were poor, uh, I start from my, my father was military and I have to work hard. Now I have a, a good life and I can complain, of course. But you have to respect people, to be fair, empathy, and your part in the humankind, how to help uh, better. Many times people talk about Warren Buffett, oh, it's a problem, a lot of money, but he, he managed a lot of things. No? So I could tell Roger Feather to. I could tell Steve Jobs and the guy that trusted me, Mr. Ernesto Correa and uh, Guilherme. These two guys, these two families, they they believe in, in the idea of GetNet and they put their money and their time and she shared the difficulties with us. So I could say Mr. Ernesto too or Mr. Guilherme, both they were really, really helpful and um, a mentor for me. It's true. I could tell at least 30, 50 people you have to learn with everybody around you. Wisdom is much more important than knowledge. Yeah, I agree. And, so and it that's, doesn't that's, count. They don't teach that in school. So it's intrinsic. To have a better life and to better society, you have to manage and learn with everybody around you. That's the main point of wisdom. It's the best way to learn. Final one. If you were an alcoholic beverage, which beverage would you be and why? Oh, wine. Is it like red Argentinian wine or is ah, it French Bordeaux? I think a sparkling wine. Sparkling wine. Yeah. And that's a very representative of the region, huh? Uh-huh. I love it. Brazilian sparkling wine. It's full of an energy. It's, that's, that it's burst. 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 I should be a sparkling wine. Yeah, you should be that DOCG denomination sparkling <laughs> wine. <laughs> yes. Like the unicorn of sparkling yes. wines in Brazil. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Zerinato, thank you so much for your time. You are an inspiration and I'm personally really, really happy for the region and for the city that they have people like you, you, that they have people like Governor Eduardo Leici, Mm -hmm. who are working towards building Porto Alegre into tech and Mm -hmm. VC hub in Latin America. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your podcast and it was a nice conversation. Nice, nice. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The J-Curve. It was such a pleasure to have Jose Renato as my guest. You can find him on Instagram at Zeka Holtz with PF or check out the website of South Summit Brazil, southsummitbr.com. To hear more from us, follow me on Instagram at Olgo with KH. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at The J-Curve Podcast and rate us on Spotify. Thank you for being with me today.